So Christmas in the cross, and so we're going from the nativity that we have the display of here to the cross. And a lot of times when we're doing Christmas, we don't think about how important that is. That it was always about the cross. Someone sent me a caption this week, and the caption was from a very well-known speaker who said, it's always been about the cross. It's always been about the cross. We don't necessarily always do that. We don't necessarily always uh, tie that together as we should, but it's always been the, the case. So here is our incredible opportunity, and thank you so much for being here today and celebrating Christmas Eve together as we do this in the name of Christ. And it's in the name of Christ. What's in the name? That's the message this morning. But I want to I want to do some some prep work. We're going to do a little different. Our kids are here in the service with us, so I'm going to do some prep work. We're going to do an interlude, and then we'll come back and finish, and then uh, close out with music later in the service. But what's in a name? For example, how many names do you have? I have several names. My wife calls me Steve. She calls me Han or Honey. The only other people that call me Honey are the people that drive through who say, Come on around, Honey. (laughs) Now, just so you guys know, my full name is not Steve, but Stevens with an S. And so when I hear Stevens with an S, I know something's important for me to pay attention to. My kids call me dad. They're all grown. Have three grandchildren. They all call me Pac. P-O-C-K. That was our oldest grandson, Caden. He came up with that. They've all stuck with that. And so we all have different names, and all those names represent something about us. And so as we think about Jesus Christ and his names that are throughout the scripture, and by the way, as I research this, I can't even come to a complete conclusion of how many there are because there are so many. I came with a bunch, obviously, but there's just so many of them, and every one of them tells us something about his character and who he is. But I want us to go back and kind of put some foundation, as it were. In Genesis, God was created. God was created. God created the world. And this is referenced in John chapter 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now this, of course, is talking about Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So in the very beginning, in the very beginning, there's Christ. The Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In fact, when Satan comes to the garden and tempts Adam and Eve and they fail miserably, God says there's coming a time, there's going to be a day, as he says to Satan, there's a day of reckoning. I'm cursing you now, but there's a day of reckoning coming. And on that day, you'll bruise his heel, talking about Jesus, but he's going to crush your head. Well, that was the cross. And now what we have is the waiting for the time when Christ returns. Behold, I am coming quickly, he says in Revelation 22, verse 12. 
And my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. Now, does that imply in any way or mean in any way that the things that we do, the good works that we do, that's what gets us into heaven? It absolutely does not. However, because we have this relationship with Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice and now the work of the Holy Spirit, because we have all that, it means we're going to be doing the good things. That's why it is crucial, please listen to me, it is crucial, crucial, crucial that you behave yourselves. That's not getting you into heaven, but it's honoring the Christ who lives in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're supposed to be different. We're told in the scripture that we're different. And because we're different, we act differently. We don't respond as the world does. That's why this series on Christmas and the cross has been the love and the joy and the peace of the season that is there for all of us to have in all of our lives every day that we live. Does that imply in any way that, oh, your life is going to be so wonderful, you're not going to have any difficulty, no trials, no nothing? No, it's absolutely the opposite. It means that when those things happen, because they do happen, we'll know how to respond in the appropriate way. The prophet Isaiah, in chapter 53, very familiar, he says that all of our sin, think about that, all of our sin has been laid on Christ. That his death was my death. His death was your death. And he took it. And because he did, that's why we have life as we do today. Because without his death, there is no life for us. And we're going to look at the names in just a little bit, as I said, and we're going to see more of that. But Isaiah so very carefully lays it out and says, this is why God has done what he's done. This is who he is and what he has accomplished on our behalf. And he took it all. He took it all. All my sin, all your sin. He took all of that on him. The Apostle Paul, in another scripture in Philippians, he says, oh, but he's, this is not the scripture, by the way. He was humbled even to death on the cross. Because Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright and morning star. So he's there in the beginning and he's there in the end. And we're the privileged ones, I believe, called by God to live in this time in history to be a witness and testimony as we think about Christmas and the Christmas season and we think about the love and the joy and peace and all that God has given to us, all that he's provided for us, all this hours in Christ. As we celebrate that, let me ask this question. With all the gifts of Christmas, with all the gifts of Christmas, There is no gift greater than the gift given to us by our Father and the giving of His Son. 
with all the gifts. So I, I want to ask this question. Have you, as an individual person, not because mom did it, not because dad did it, not because grandma, grandpa, but you as a person, as an individual, have you personally received the gift of salvation from God? Can you today say, Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son in my life. And that is why my life is different. Can you say that? I want to press this really hard for us today because it's so easy for us to celebrate, as Chris said earlier, the traditions of our season and miss out as we started this series how we can get all dazzled by the season but we forget the reason so again not looking to your husband or your wife have you have you personally Receive Christ. And, and please understand, I, my testimony is I was in and out of church as a kid. My parents, my mother particularly encouraged me to join the church when I was 12. I joined the church when I was 12. I was baptized when I was 12. Later on, as we changed denominations, I was baptized again. And all of that meant nothing until the day that I came to know Christ as my personal Savior. And then... And only then, as I was baptized, was I able to present a picture of what had happened in Steve Bishop's life. Death to self, sin, and Satan, and life to Christ and his glory. The resurrected life, his life in me being revealed. So again, you say, why are you pressing me? Because this is crucial. This is eternal. Every gift that I'm going to get get for Christmas, I was asked by my oldest daughter. We draw names at our house, and so my oldest daughter, Brantley, drew my name, and she says, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I said, well, I'd like to get a new black belt. She goes, well, I wasn't planning on getting you a used one. And, and oh, by the way, I'll always take another vest, in case you don't know. <laughs> that was it. That's the limit of my Christmas list. But you know what's really on my Christmas list? That each one of you would absolutely, 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 absolutely leave this building today without any question about your eternity. As you know, I'm asked to do funerals in the community fairly frequently. I did one Friday night. I did not know the young man who, by the way, was only 42 years of age. And so I interviewed his sister, and asked her to introduce me to her brother, and she did. And then I asked the question that I have to ask when I'm doing someone's service. Did he know, did he have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And she said, oh, yes, he certainly did. He absolutely did. In fact, 
he had gone through a lot of tragedy in his life, and she said that's where he came to know Christ, was through that tragedy. We don't have to have tragedy to come to know him. My oldest sister died of bone cancer at age 43. She and I were talking before her death. She had bone cancer for three years. And I asked her how she felt about that. She says, how can I hate what God has used to bring me to him? And she died physically, but lived eternally. Again, I'm sharing some tragedies with you that that's not always the case. In fact, the greatest, the greatest testimony for me is the Spirit of God warmed my heart, drew me to the Father through Jesus, His Son. And that's how I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But I am truly, truly, truly pleading with each of you if there's any question, if there's any doubt that you might have in this Christmas season here on this Christmas Eve as we celebrate the very birth of Christ and the preparation for his going to the cross if there's any question, any doubt this would be the time for that to be taken care of so this is our interlude some of our young ladies are going to come up and sing for us Because as we think about the names of Jesus, as I'm going to get to in a minute, the thing about them is the holiness of God involved in all that he's done and all he's doing because that's his his character. So here's here's my request of you. As they come and, and share this song, I'm going to bring the lights down a little bit. And I'm just going to ask you, each of you individually, before God, to ask him where you are in your relationship with him here in this Christmas season. My prayer is that during that time, you truly did, as I had admonished you to do, examine your own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas season, gifts given and received, nothing wrong with that. It's a wonderful time. Family gatherings, we celebrate that. But when it's all said and done... Are we truly acknowledging him as the Holy One, the Righteous One, the One who is the name above all names? In Hebrews, it says that he is made in the exact image of God. As I just read in Revelations, he is the Alpha and the Omega. As was said in John, he is the Word of God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he is the last Adam. Also in Revelations and in 2 Peter, it says, he is the bright and morning star. He is the rising sun, Malachi says. He's the living one, according to the Apostle John. He is the amen, according to Revelation. He is the light, the true light. Isaiah says that, so does Luke, and so does John. He is the righteous one. His righteousness is what we have in him, and that's why we have this relationship with this holy God. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the King of the Jews, Matthew says.
He is the root and offspring of David to continue that revelation as John the Revelator reveals to us. He is the faithful witness, as John tells us, and so does the prophet Isaiah. He is the cornerstone upon which our life is built. Paul writes to us in Ephesians, and Peter does in his book as well. He is the rock. That's why we have this firm foundation that's been provided for us. John the Baptist says he's the bridegroom. He is the one that all of us have prepared for that day of ceremony when we're ushered into the very presence of God. And as hard as it is for me sometimes to comprehend that we, the church, are his bride, it's true according to the word of God in Matthew and in Revelations. He's the first fruits. Oh, Paul writes that to us in Corinthians. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the heir of all things, the writer of Hebrews says. The Apostle Paul says he is the head of the church in Ephesians. First Peter says he is the chief shepherd. Acts chapter 5 says he's the prince. John says that he's our teacher, our rabbi. Isaiah says, as I referenced earlier, he is the man of sorrows in Isaiah 53. Paul says he is the Passover lamb as we think about those precious little lambs prepared for slaughter, for the sacrifice of the blood to cleanse the sins of the Israelites and know that he is the now completed one. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist says in John chapter 1. He is our salvation, according to Luke 1. He is our deliverer and redeemer, Paul writes in Romans. He is the author and perfecter of our salvation, the Hebrew writer tells us in 2.10 through 12. He's our mediator. He is there right now, Paul says in Timothy, there on our behalf before the throne of the Father, making request for us. He's our high priest. He is the son of man. He is the bread of life, John writes in chapter 6. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But here's the one I want us to focus on as we finish this portion of the service. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And contained in that name, Emmanuel, is the promise that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He is Emmanuel. He is with us. He is with us here today, every person, as we took the time prayerfully to consider and reconsider and even to examine our personal relationship with him. He is God with us. We go home from this gathering today and we go to our homes with our family and it's God with us. 
as we celebrate these family gatherings, and I do pray and hope you have those to enjoy, is God with us? As we go back to <clears throat> some routine after the holidays, it's Emmanuel, God with us. Back to school. It's Emmanuel, God with us. Back to work. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. Every one of us has this privilege, this opportunity, this divine and sacred delight of having this intimacy with him so that him being with us. And as I begin my prayers every morning, and I think of the things that God has done for me, the one that I always start with is, thank you for your presence. Oh, I am eternally grateful for his love, for his peace and all that he gives, but it's his presence that makes the difference. It's some of what you see with your children as they grow and grow up. Early on, it's mostly about what you can get for them and give to them. But prayerfully, as they mature, They are more about time with you than just receiving something from you. My prayer would be for each of us as those who know Christ as our personal Savior, that it would be more about time with him more than what he can do for me or give to me. Because he has already done everything for life and godliness, and he is Emmanuel. He is God with us he is God with us would you please as you gather with your families and some of you probably already have but as you continue the celebrations at least take a moment and express some gratitude for the fact that it is God with us And that's why our lives are different. That's why our lives are so transformed into the likeness and image of Christ. That's why people who live with us or live near us or work with us or go to school with us see that there is a difference in how we do life. Doesn't mean we're perfect in it. That's not what I'm asking you I'm just saying that as we allow him to be God with us, it will make the difference in how people view us because of what they see of him in us as he is with us. We have some other young ladies who are going to come and sing. So ladies, if you'll come. And again, take the time as you've listened to some of the names, not all the names of Christ. Just coming up, girls. Sorry. All the names of Christ. And this is not all of them. 
but it's his character, it's who he is, and the difference he makes in our lives. Just prayerfully listen. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life at this moment.